groups of people thinking in the same direction create information-based energy structures called pendulums. These structures will eventually begin to develop independently. Pendulums create their own laws and make people obey them. What people don't realize is that they are unwillingly acting in the interest of these pendulums. How do we get out of the suggestion that sticks to us like glue? Welcome to the chapter on pendulums written by Vadim Zeeland. Vadim Zeeland is a manifesting genius. He has dedicated his life to unraveling the secrets of manifestation and the law of assumption. His profound teachings on pendulums is everything you need to know to stay on track with your manifestation. Vadim Zeeland's expertise lies in providing practical techniques and insights into the power of the mind and our own ability to shape our reality. He has written several books, including the Reality Transurfing series, which has been translated into many languages. The term Reality Transurfing is no longer allowed to be used because it was trademarked by René Garcia. But all the contents of the book still belongs to Vadim Zeeland's and his genius. His teachings on pendulums, or energy structures, is very similar to teachings from Kabbalah. It is everything you need to know about how to quantum jump or to escape a negative timeline. In today's video, you will learn everything you need to know about how not to get caught up in negative timelines in the first place. And of course, how to easily escape a negative timeline if you accidentally got caught up in one. Nothing could be easier. You just need to know how. But first, I'm Anna, and I'm the creator of this channel. I'm so happy that you are here. Thank you for being on this journey with me. If you need coaching, go over to my website, livingwellnesscoaching.com. You can find out more information about me as well as my Law of Assumption-based self-paced courses, downloadable meditations, and my coaching packages. Let's explore pendulums in the words of Vadim Zeeland. Pendulums. Destructive pendulums. Ever since we were kids, we've been taught to submit ourselves to someone else's will, performing our duties, serving our country, our families, the political party, the company we work in, the government, and even serving ideas. We've been taught to submit to everyone else's will as long as our own will had the lowest priority. Everybody has more or less of obligations, responsibility, necessity, and guilt. Everybody in one way or another serves in various groups and organizations like one's family, society, educational institutions, one's working place, one's political party, and the government, and so on. All these structures are born and start to develop when a separate group of people starts thinking and acting in the same way. Now, there is one truth about serving or servitude. And if you want to know the deepest secrets to servitude and humility, and how to really use those personality qualities. Subscribe to my channel, because humanity's deepest secret lies precisely in those qualities. And although it might take you some time to deeply understand, you will. 
new people joining organizations and groups and the pendulum or structure grows, gains in strength, it forces its members to follow the established rules until it reaches a point where the pendulum or energy structure is able to subjugate large social groups to its will. On the level of material realization, energy structures consist of people united by common goals and material objects such as buildings, constructions, furniture, equipment, technology, and so on. But what is the process that enables structures such as those mentioned above to be formed? A structure or pendulum is created when thoughts of groups of people are focused in one direction. Thus, the parameters of their thought energy becomes identical. Thought energy of independent individuals merges into one flow. Hence, in the middle of the energy ocean, an independent information-based energy structure is created. And that is what is called the pendulum or the energy pendulum. Now, this pendulum or energy structure starts living its own life. And it makes those that took part in its creation obey its laws. You become a slave to the pendulum that you have helped create. You are no longer its master. But why are these structures called pendulums? The reason is because they swing higher and faster, just like a pendulum swings back and forth. And the more energy a pendulum has, the higher and faster it swings. Just imagine pushing a swing. The more you push it, the higher it swings. The more people or adherents feed the pendulum with their energy, the higher and faster an energy structure swings. Every pendulum has its own characteristic frequency of vibration. For example, you can make the swings of the pendulum go high up in the air only by applying a force of a certain frequency. And that type of frequency is called resonance. If the number of a pendulum's adherence decrease, the pendulum's swinging will slow down and eventually its swinging motion will be extinguished. When there are no more adherence to swing the pendulum, it will stop. It will stop as an entity and it will die. Here are several examples of dead pendulums. Ancient pagan religions, stone tools, and ancient forms of weaponry, old-fashioned trends, vinyl records. In other words, everything that existed before but is no longer in use is a dead pendulum. You're probably surprised on all, can all these things really be called pendulums? And yes, they are. Any structure whose particular features were shaped by people's thought energy is a pendulum. You could say that in general, all living beings that are able to radiate energy in one direction will eventually form an energy pendulum. Here are examples of pendulums that exist in natural wildlife colonies of bacteria. 
populations of living creatures, schools of fish, herds of animal, woodlands, prairies, ant colonies, and so on. It exists all over nature. Any structures consisting of living organisms that are relatively homogeneous and well-ordered nature can form pendulums. And since every living organism represents an energy unit, it can also be considered a pendulum. So when these pendulums group together and start swinging in unison, they create a group pendulum. It stands over its adherence like a separate and independent superstructure. It will make up rules for its adherence in order to keep them together, but also attract new ones. This is exactly how cults and sects, religions and political parties are created. Such a structure is self-governing in the sense that it develops independently according to its own laws. Its adherents don't know that they are acting by the laws of the pendulum and not of their free will. For example, a bureaucratic apparatus develops as a self-governing structure, independent of the wills of its separate officials. Influential officials could, of course, make certain independent decisions, but these decisions cannot be in conflict with the laws of the system. Otherwise, such an advocate would be rejected. Even a single person who is already a pendulum by himself isn't always aware of his own motivations. One example of such a person is the energy vampire. Any pendulum is destructive by its nature. This is because it takes energy from its adherents and establishes power over them. This destructiveness of a pendulum is evident in the fact that it doesn't care about the fate of its individual adherents. The pendulum has only one goal to maintain a constant flow of energy from its individual adherents, and whether this will benefit or harm an individual adherent is of no concern to the pendulum. I will interject some of my own thoughts into Vadim Zeeland's work here, and it is keeping focus on the divinity within, is the method that avoids getting caught up in any outside pendulum swings, regardless of what they are. The divinity within is not religion. Religions are man-made and created later. Religions are based on kernels of truth, of course, but there's also the toxic component and the predatory components, as in sects, or the bloodthirsty component, as in jihad or holy war or the Spanish Inquisition. If you can remember that the divinity within is only Sat-Chit-Ananda, consciousness, awareness, and bliss, then you're free of all pendulums, regardless of how toxic or predatory or dangerous or bloodthirsty they are. Being under the influence of a destructive pendulum can easily ruin your life. To break free from the pendulum and not suffer any losses as a result is usually a very difficult thing to do. If a person is lucky, he will find his own place in a system where he will feel like a fish in the water. Being an adherent 
The person gives his energy to the pendulum and the pendulum in return provides him with an environment where this person is able to live. To understand what a Vadim Zeeland means here, you can easily look at any political movement or religious movement. Whether you believe in the political movement or re the religious movement or not, doesn't matter. If you adhere to it and agree to play by its rules, you can live within even a bloodthirsty movement such as jihad. You can find your place and the pendulum will feed you. The pendulum provides them with an environment where it is possible to live. However, as soon as an adherence starts breaking the rules of a given structure, the frequency of his thought energy is no longer in sync with the resonance frequency of the pendulum. The pendulum is no longer getting any energy from this adherent. This results in the pig-headed adherent being thrown out of the system and destroyed. If a person is brought to a place that is far away from his most favorable tracks, then life in the structure of an alien pendulum turns into a living hell or simply into a depressing and boring existence. Such a pendulum is nothing but destructive to the adherent. It is only destructive. There is nothing good coming from it anymore. And the person falling under its influence loses his freedom. His free will is no more. And yet, of course, a person can be under the patronage of a pendulum and achieve outstanding results. Napoleon is an example. Hitler is an example. Stalin, Mao Zedong, or any imam or pope or figure throughout history were all favorites of destructive pendulums. Nonetheless, the pendulum doesn't care about the welfare of its adherents and it uses them only for its own purpose. When Napoleon was asked if he had ever truly been happy, he was able to number only a few days out of his entire life. Pendulums use refined methods to attract new adherents that flock to them or fly to them like a moth to a flame. How often do people seduced by a pendulum's advertising tactics wander away from their own happiness that was all the time right in front of them? People join the army and perish there. People enroll in educational institutions and in vain master professions that are not really theirs. People find jobs that feel alien to them, but are supposedly prestigious. People work and find themselves swamped with problems. People bring strangers into their lives and end up suffering. So, a pendulum's activity very often leads to the destruction of the destiny of the individual adherent. Or rather, a pendulum leads to the destruction of the sole purpose of your own life. Let's reiterate here that the divine consciousness within is consciousness, awareness, and bliss. Being caught up in a pendulum, you will never experience consciousness, awareness, or bliss. The best you can accomplish is a feeling of numbness or a false sense of happiness. 
Although the pendulum is trying to hide its true motives, pretending to be virtuous, pretending to be moral, pretending to be good-hearted, the most dangerous thing for a person who has fallen under the influence of a destructive pendulum is the fact that the pendulum takes its victims away from those life tracks where he would have found genuine happiness. Let's outline the defining characteristics of a pendulum. A pendulum feeds on the energy of its adherence and thereby amplifies its swinging. A pendulum tries to attract as many supporters as possible so that it can receive as much energy as possible. A pendulum sets its group of adherents against other groups. Look at us, we are better than they are. A pendulum is aggressive in blaming all those that don't want to become its adherents, and it tries to win them over, neutralize them or remove them altogether. A pendulum puts on good-looking and attractive masks. It covers itself up with noble aims, and it plays on people's emotions in order to justify its own actions and win over as many adherents as possible. One could say that a pendulum is an egregore or a golem. The meaning of egregore or golem is an artificial being created with thought power to serve its master. But it is a rather narrow definition of a pendulum. Of course, the concept of an egregore or golem does not reflect the entire spectrum of possible interactions between a human being and an energy-based information structure such as a pendulum. Pendulums play a much greater role in people's lives than uh, is customary to believe. It is possible to illustrate how a pendulum consumes energy from its adherence by using the following example. Imagine a full stadium where a dramatic game of soccer is taking place. Things are getting tense. Fans are raging. Suddenly, one player makes an unforgivable mistake and because of that, his team loses the game. A storm of anger descends from the fans upon the player. They're ready to tear him apart. Can you imagine what a huge mass of negative energy lands on the head of this unfortunate player? You'd think that having suffered such a monstrous blow, he would die right there on the spot. But that doesn't happen. Instead, he's alive and healthy and although somewhat crushed by feelings of guilt of having caused the loss. But then where did all that negative energy go? Well, the pendulum harvested it. If it had not done so, the person at whom the crowd aimed its anger would have died, while the glorified star would have flied up to the sky. I won't be the judge of whether the pendulum is an animated being or simply an energy form. Whatever is the case, it is of no importance to my method. The important thing is to be able to recognize a pendulum and to avoid participating in its games. Unless there's something you can gain from such an interaction, it is very easy to recognize a destructive pendulum as it has one defining feature. 
It is always competing with other energy structures, just like itself, fighting for control over people. A pendulum has only one goal, to capture as many adherents as possible in order to get as much energy as possible. The more aggressive a pendulum acts in its fight for adherence, the more destructive it is, meaning that it poses a threat to the fate of an individual person. Someone might object that there are, after all, charitable organizations and societies for nature preservation, animal welfare organization, and, and other good organization. What is so destructive about them? But the fact is that no matter how you see it, it feeds on your energy and does not care about somebody else's happiness or welfare. And this is destructive for you personally. They ask you to be merciful to others while they remain indifferent to your welfare. Let that sink in. If this is okay with you and you feel truly happy doing your charity work, then this might be your calling and you have found your pendulum. But please be honest with yourself. Perhaps you are just wearing the mask of a charitable giver. Are you actually giving your energy and money away for the welfare of others and doing it with all of your heart? Or are you just putting on a charity show that's so that you will seem like a better person? You don't have to be honest with anyone but yourself. But please be honest with yourself. Destructive pendulums have taught people not to choose their own destiny. Are you choosing your own destiny. After all, if a person was truly free in his choice, he would be independent. Then he wouldn't be attracted to pendulums and he wouldn't become one of their adherents, would he? Our mind is so used to the idea that our fate is our lot in life, making it very hard for us to believe that it is possible to choose the fate that we actually desire to have. It is very advantageous for pendulums to keep their adherence under control. Therefore, they come up with all sorts of ways to manipulate its adherence. The following gives a clear example of how this is done. If you make a cult, movement, or a school out of these teachings, it could easily become a pendulum. Different pendulums vary, of course, in their degree of destructiveness. And these methods, even in a worst-case scenario, would be a much less destructive pendulum than its counterparts would. A pendulum created out of the teachings of the Law of Assumptions does make a less destructive pendulum than other pendulums. Nonetheless, you can observe pendulums being created out of the Law of Assumption as well. Now, this is because Love Assumption and the teachings of Adim Zilim do not serve some external and general goal, but rather it exists exclusively for the good of every single individual. So, therefore, such a pendulum would be very unusual, kind of like an individualist society with people who are busy focusing exclusively on their own individual destinies. By the way, here's a homework assignment for you. 
What pendulums could be called constructive? But why on earth am I telling you all of this? I'm doing it because I have to explain to you what it means to choose your own fate and how to actually do that. Some things that we have been talking about are not that easy to get your head around, but gradually a clear picture will emerge. Even if you have to listen to the, this video many times or read Vadim Zilin's book many times or read the books of Neville Goddard many times, you will get an idea of how this works. Now, let's talk about the battle of the pendulums. And right now, in our current times, I can think of no better time to bring this up. You can observe it beautifully played out all around you at this very moment. The main defining feature of a destructive pendulum is that it aggressively seeks to destroy other pendulums so that it can drag people over to its own side. To accomplish this, the pendulum will always try to set its adherence against the adherence of the other pendulums, meaning we are good. Well, they are not like us. They are bad. People who are drawn into this battle loses their way. They start following false goals or false gods, which they mistakenly believe to be their own goals or their own god. This is how the destructiveness of pendulums become apparent. Fighting other adherents is fruitless. It ruins lives. Those of the people you fight and your own life. Let's take an extreme example of the part of adherence. War. In order to convince its own adherents to go to war, the pendulum will put forward arguments that correspond to the specific historical era. The most primitive method often used in history was simply to order people to get back what was rightfully theirs by force. As societies have become more civilized, arguments acquired forms that were a little more refined. One nation declares itself the most progressive and the most developed, while others are declared to be backwards. A noble aim is then to bring these undeveloped people to higher levels up. And if they object, apply force. And modern conceptions of war appear to be going along the following lines. Imagine a beehive. A beehive hangs on a tree in the forest. Wild bees live there. They produce honey. They raise their young. But then a pendulum approaches the hive and announces to its own adherents. These are wild bees and they are very dangerous and therefore they must be destroyed. Or at least we have to destroy their hive. If you don't believe me, just watch. And then the pendulum pokes around the inside of the beehive with a stick. The bees fly out and start stinging the pendulum's adherents. And the pendulum triumphantly exclaims, See? I told you so. Look how aggressive they are. They have to be destroyed. It does not matter what kind of slogans are used to justify wars and revolutions. Their purpose is always the same. To serve the battle of the pendulums for adherents. Take a moment to look around you. It doesn't matter where you are on the planet right now. 
what continent you are on, what country you're in, what religion or culture you are from. Take a look around and ask yourself what pendulum is taking your energy right now. And just make a note of it. These battles can take different forms, but their goals is basically to get as many adherents as possible. New energy is vitally necessary. Without the new energy, the pendulum will simply stop. And then it will cease to exist as an entity. Therefore, the battle of the pendulums is a natural and unavoidable battle for their own existence. Right after wars and revolutions follow other forms of battle that might be less aggressive, but which are severe nonetheless. Examples of such battles are the struggle for market domination, the rivalry of political parties, economic competition, all possible forms of marketing, advertising campaigns, ideological propaganda, and so on. The living environment is made of pendulums. Therefore, you will find competition in every possible domain of modern living. There is competition everywhere. A dog-eat-dog world. It's on all possible levels, starting with political and governmental disputes and ending with competition between clubs and among single individuals. The new, the unusual, the incomprehensible always paves its way with difficulty. Why is that? Is it simply because new concepts take time to settle in our head? The main reason is that the old pendulums would be at a loss if a new pendulum and another rival would enter the stage and start dragging people towards it. For instance, internal combustion engines make a significant contribution to pollution in the cities, and they could have been replaced a long time ago. After all, many alternative and pollution-free engines have been developed throughout the years, and they could have been used instead. However, this would be a threat to the existing pendulums of oil corporations, and all of these are still very strong. Therefore, they won't allow some inventors. Therefore, they won't allow some inventors to take them off the stage. So, it comes down to the fact that these monstrous pendulums, which represent large oil corporations, are literally buying up patents of alternative engines only to keep them a secret. Now, this is old news, of course. This book by Vadim Zeeland was written a number of years ago. However, it is still relevant, and it is true for all fields of life. Now, at the same time, the oil corporations are trying to convince the world of the low efficiency of these new inventions. When building their structure on the material plane, the pendulums strengthen their position with financial means, buildings, equipments, and of course, with human resources. At the top of these human pyramids, pendulums place their favorites, and the favorites are leaders of all ranks and of all functions, anyone from junior management to presidents of governments, they do not have to possess any special or outstanding qualities, not at all. 
usually. Those adherents are made leaders whose combination of traits fit perfectly within the pendulum's structure. The chosen favorites may believe that he has achieved great things in life only because of his personal qualities. Now, it is true, but only to a certain degree. The self-organizing structure of the pendulum plays the greatest role in promoting its favorites. If the parameters or traits of the favorite no longer correspond to the need of the system, then the favorite will be removed with no regard whatsoever for his welfare. The battle of the pendulums is destructive for their adherents. Because as they are serving a higher goal, they think that they are doing it because they really believe in it. Personal beliefs of adherence tend to be in the tight grip of the pendulum. As soon as a person tunes into the pendulum's frequency, an interaction takes place on the energy level between him and the pendulum. The frequency of an adherence thought energy is fixed and maintained by the pendulum's own energy. The person is now trapped in a feedback loop that ear and transmits thought energy on the pendulum's frequency while the pendulum in turn grants a little bit of energy to the adherent as to maintain the pendulum's influence over the person. On the level of material realization, such pendulum adherent interactions can be seen in everyday life situations. For example, the pendulum of a political party starts an election campaign, catches on to an adherent and feeds him with a little energy delivered in the shape of good feelings, such as appreciation, satisfaction, dignity, and importance. The adherent believes that he has the situation under control and that he can make his own choices. But as a matter of fact, he was chosen by the pendulum that now has control over him. On the surface, naturally, this situation has a very different appearance. The adherent believes that he's doing what he wants to do. Nevertheless, in this case, the adherent's will has been invisibly and artificially forced upon him by the pendulum. The adherent is thus placed in the pendulum's information field where he is spending time with others just like him, discussing hot topics and so on. In that way, the adherent establishes his energy connection with the pendulum and fixes his own energy within the structure. Eventually, the adherent may realize that the pendulum's activities does not live up to his expectations. Then he starts to resent or doubt his former idol. Thus his frequency slips out of the pendulum's grip. The tightness of the pendulum's grip depends on how powerful the pendulum is. In some cases, the pendulum will simply allow its adherence to slip away. While in other cases, such a heretic will depri be deprived of his freedom or even his life. How a pendulum traps the frequency of its adherence can be illustrated by the following example. Say you are singing to yourself, and then all of a sudden, somebody starts playing a different song on high volume. 
So as you are hearing this new melody, it will be harder for you to continue singing your song to yourself. Now, for the purpose of these teachings, the specific details behind the interaction process between a pendulum and its adherence is not important. We'll investigate this interaction using a simplified model and everyday situations as examples. This will be enough to um, explain to us in great detail and with a high degree of accuracy how things really happen. Because then one could ask the question, and what does this really actually mean for me in my life? This discussion could go on forever, just like the infinite process of acquiring knowledge. It is an unrewarding task altogether. So we will have to settle for something smaller. We should be happy that we are nonetheless capable of understanding at least something. Now, let's see how pendulums manipulate their adherence. Puppet strings. Let's ask ourselves this question. How can pendulums force their adherence to freely give up their energy? Big and powerful pendulums can, for example, force their adherence to act according to specific rules. But how do weaker pendulums do it? When a person doesn't have the power to force another to do something, he presents a valid argument. And he tries to convince and persuade the other person by promising a desirable outcome. These are all rather weak methods of persuasion that can only be found in a human society where people are removed from the forces of nature. Pendulums also use these methods sometimes, but they have a weapon that is much more powerful than that. Pendulums are energy-based information structures, therefore they obey the powerful and indisputable laws of existence and act in accordance with these. In order for a person to give away his energy to a pendulum, his thought energy must be of the same frequency as the pendulum's resonance frequency. For this to happen, it's not necessary for a person to consciously direct his thoughts toward the pendulum. As you probably know, a great deal of what people think and do actually happens unconsciously. And this particular property of the human mind is what pendulums often take advantage of. Hence, pendulums manage to get energy not only from their adherents, but also from their most enthusiastic opponents. You can probably guess by now how that works. Imagine a group of elderly sitting on a park bench, complaining and criticizing their government. They are not adherents of the government's pendulum because they hate the government for many reasons. It wasn't what they grew up with. They really hate it. But what is happening? The elderly are cursing the government, saying how incompetent corrupt, cynical, and stupid it is. So what they are actually doing is that they are producing a lot of thought energy at the frequency of the pendulum. To be honest, the pendulum couldn't care less from which side you push it to make it swing. Both positive and negative energy will do. As long as the frequency 
of the person's thought energy is resonant with a pendulum's frequency. So a pendulum's biggest problem is to get people to hit them where it hurts in whatever way possible. As long as the pendulum or anything related to it occupies the mind of people. Once the concept of mass media was developed, the methods of pendulums have become so much easier and so much more refined. People have become quite addicted to mass media. Have you noticed how they mostly mention bad things in the news? These programs give rise to strong emotions like agitation, fear, irritation, anger, and envy. It's the journalist's job to attract your attention. You pay with your attention. The means of mass media begin pendulums themselves and are serving pendulums that are more powerful. The supposed purpose of the free access to any information is that. But the actual purpose is quite different. It is to tune as many people as possible to the frequencies of specific pendulums. One of the pendulum's most favorite methods of getting access to your energy is to get you off balance. If you are off balance, you begin to swing on the frequency of the pendulum. By doing so, you will be swinging the pendulum itself. Let's suppose that the prices have gone up and you don't like it, so you react in a negative way. You would feel annoyed and you would probably complain and talk about inflation with your friends. And that would be a perfectly normal reaction. But this is exactly what the pendulum wants from you. Now you are radiating negative energy at the pendulum's frequency into the world. The pendulum will harvest your negative energy, which will only make the pendulum swing higher resulting in the situation with the prices getting increasingly worse into the real world. Now, at this point, the pendulum is controlling you, like a puppet master is controlling its puppet. And the firmest string to pull you by is with fear, the fear string, the most ancient and strongest feeling there is. It does not really matter what it is that you are afraid of exactly, but if your fear is somehow connected to an aspect of the pendulum, the pendulum will get your energy. Anxiety and being nervous are somewhat weaker threads, but they're nonetheless strong enough to pull you at and get you jumping. I will also interject here that the absence of fear is exactly what is needed for effortless manifesting known as wu-wei. Effortless manifesting is the total absence of fear. Now, these feelings are very good at fixating thought energy radiations on a pendulum's frequency. If something is bothering you, it would be hard for you to get your mind off of it and focus on something entirely different. Feeling guilty could be another very efficient way for a pendulum to pump energy out of you. In other words, if you refuse to think about the very important topic, you might feel guilty. And the energy structure can use this puppet string as well. Feelings of guilt 
are forced on us already in our childhood and is a very convenient method of manipulation. If you're guilty, then you have to do as I tell you. It is a very unpleasant way to live, to live with guilt, and therefore people try to get rid of these guilt feelings. But how exactly are you trying to get rid of your guilt feelings? Well, you redeem your fault by either accepting your punishment or working off your debt. Both alternatives imply submission, obedience, and a specific way of thinking. The call of duty is a particular form of guilt. To have a duty means that one is obliged to do something. As a result, the guilty, both the true ones and the ones that are made to believe that they are guilty, are walking around with their heads hanging, bringing the pendulums, the energy, on a plate. Inducing feelings of guilt by suggestion is the most favorite weapon of manipulators. All possible human psychological complexes should be noted, in particular the inferiority complex. I am not attractive. I don't have any abilities or talents. I'm not particularly bright or clever. I don't know how to communicate with people or how to be around them. I'm not worthy. The complex of guilt. I'm guilty of something everyone is judging me, and I have to bear my cross. The warrior complex. I have to be cool. I declare war on myself and on everybody else. I will fight for my place under the sun. I will take what is mine by force. The truth lover complex. I will show that I am right and everyone else is wrong, whatever it takes. Now, these and other complexes are personal keys to the energy of separate individuals. A pendulum, by hitting on a vulnerable spot, an Achilles heel, is zealously pumping the energy out of this person. You can continue naming the strings by which the pendulum controls their puppets. Justice, pride, vanity, honor love, hate, greed, generosity, curiosity, interest, hunger, as well as other feelings and needs. Your feelings and interests allow the flow of thoughts to be fixed in one direction. If a particular subject doesn't provoke any interest or emotion, then it's very hard to focus on it. Therefore, pendulums are able to capture the flow of thoughts by pressing the right buttons like the particular feeling and needs of a specific person to generate the energy. As a rule, people have a standard way of reacting to negative external sources of irritation. Negative news provoke discontent. Alarming news provoke a reaction of worry or fear. Having been offended provokes dislike, and so on. Habits function as the switch that sets the mechanism of capture in motion. For example, the habit of getting irritated or worried with little cause is the same as reacting to a provocation. Basically, it's the same as reacting negatively to a negative source of irritation. A person could be aware of the fact that negative thoughts and actions won't lead to anything good. However, he could still make the same mistakes out of habit. In this way, habits often create problems and force us to, to act 
inefficiently. And yet they are difficult to get rid of. Habits are illusions of comfort. One has more trust in what is familiar than what is not familiar. Anything new causes worry and fear. It is natural. The old and familiar have already been proven to work through experience. It's like an old comfy armchair in which you sit down to relax after work. Maybe a new one would be better, but the old one is still more comfortable. Comfort is characterized by such concepts as predictability. New things possess these qualities to a much lower degree, so it takes a lot of time for a new habit to turn into an old habit. So we're looking at the methods of influence that pendulums use on people. Now, can an individual escape from the influence of a pendulum? Let's talk about the methods of escape. Still, it often happens that someone stands up to a pendulum that has enslaved him and openly opposes it. You can witness this in a world all around you. When someone has been oppressed by a religion and they stand up and they are utterly crushed by that same pendulum. In any battle between a person and a pendulum, the person will always suffer a defeat. A pendulum can only be defeated by other pendulums. One individual can't do anything. If a person is no longer obeying the pendulum and he gets into a fight with it, he will lose energy. In the best case, the person will be thrown out of the system, while in the worst case, he will be crushed. An adherent that has the guts to break the rules set by the pendulum will be proclaimed to be an outlaw. On the surface level, of the real world, the person will be convicted or condemned for his actions. In reality, it is not the person's actions that make him guilty. It is rather the fact that he has gone out of control and is no longer the source of energy for the pendulum. That's what it truly is. And why is it that a fault confessed is half redressed? Because the individual who accepts the feeling of guilt is completely ready to submit himself to the pendulum's rule. For the pendulum, the actual remorse of the adherent for the act committed doesn't mean anything. Only the restored control over the adherent is of any importance. The pendulum will immediately be much nicer to you if you give it the opportunity to manipulate you. And if the guilty one does not submit to the pendulum, then he can be removed because there's nothing more to gain from him. The true motives of the pendulum are usually veiled by moral principles. Saying that a person that has shown remorse is not such an evil person after all. You can easily distinguish whether moral principles are at work or the interests of the system have been infringed upon if you keep in mind what pendulums look like and what their true goals are. You always get what you don't want, is a saying. As mentioned before, pendulums can get their energy from their adherents as well as from their opponents. What you resist persists. But loss of energy is only half the trouble. 
if a pendulum is destructive enough, both the adherent's welfare and future fate will get damaged. Every person is from time to time confronted with negative information or undesirable events. All of this is just a provocation of the pendulum. A man doesn't want these things in his life, of course, but he always reacts in one of two ways. If the information doesn't affect him very much, he won't pay attention to it. He'll forget about it soon enough. But if the provocation or the provocative information irritates him or frightens him or angers him, or it is something very relevant to him within this information, then a capture of thought energy takes place and the man is caught in the pendulum's noose and is tuned to the pendulum's resonance frequency. Now, you probably know by now what happens next. The person starts feeling angry, he's outraged, he's worried, he's afraid, he's vigorously expressing his dissatisfaction. Basically, he's actively radiating energy on the frequency of the destructive pendulum. The reaction feeds the pendulum. The pendulum doesn't have to harvest all of the energy. Some of it goes to a particular sector in the space of variations. The topic of the space of the variations will be covered in another video. The parameters of the man's thought energy are such that he is transported to the sector in the space of variations where everything he wants to avoid exists in abundance. It is like the concept of states in Neville Goddard's teachings. You will enter a state where you encounter everything that you don't want. What you resist persists. As you might remember, if a man's thought energy is fixed on a certain frequency, he's transported to the corresponding life track, the corresponding timeline. He will quantum jump into everything he does not want. In this case, the pendulum is destructive to this adherent because it's fixating his frequency using the news of capture. Let's say that you can turn a deaf ear to any information regarding catastrophes, natural disasters, or anything horrible. After all, if you are not affected by it, why the unnecessary stress? Usually, in this case, natural disasters will happen somewhere else and you will not personally be on the timeline where you are not a victim. You'll be on a timeline where you are not a victim of disaster. You'll be an observer, a distant observer. The timeline where you would be a victim is left behind. And the opposite is true as well. If you allow information about disasters and wars and unfortunate events to affect you, you will moan and talk about it with your friends and so on. In that case, it's possible that you'll soon be transferred into a timeline where you will be a victim of such disasters yourself. It turns out that the stronger your desire to avoid something is, the greater the risk that you will get it. What you resist persists. And you see, actively fighting what you do not want is the same as doing your best to make sure that this very thing is an important, vital part of your life. It's the opposite of what you want. You don't even have to do anything special in order to transport yourself to this undesirable timeline. It's quite enough to be negative and think negative thoughts, talk negative words, and add emotions to them. 
it's enough to feel it real. For example, you don't want bad weather, so you think about how you don't like the rain. Noisy neighbors are bothering you and you're constantly fighting with them or you're quietly despising them in your heart. You're afraid of something and this makes you very anxious. You're sick and tired of your day job, so you savor the feeling of hatred towards your job. What you actively don't want, like things that you're afraid of, things that you hate, things that you despise, will follow you everywhere. And there are, of course, many things that you would like to avoid, but those things don't bother you as much at the moment. In that case, those things won't crawl into your life because you're not constantly feeding them with your energy. They simply won't happen. You don't want them, but you don't think about them. But as soon as you allow this undesirable effect, the feeling of hatred or fear, starting to cherish the negative feeling, then the unwanted will definitely materialize in your life. If you make it matter, it will turn to matter. The only thing to do is to remove the unwanted from your life is freeing yourself from the influence of the pendulum, period. The pendulum that has trapped your thought energy. And from now on, resist its provocations. Don't participate in this game. There are two methods of escaping a pendulum's grip. Make it fall through or extinguish it. Let's look in more detail at how you do this. Now, the fall through of a pendulum fighting a pendulum is useless. And as has been mentioned before, fighting it means feeding it with your energy. So that can't be done either. Let's look at how we do it. The first and most important condition for success is refusal to fight with it. First, the more you're trying to fight off the annoying things in life, the more you actively make them pursue you. You could forever keep saying, just leave me alone, leave me in peace, everyone, leave me alone. You think that you are defending yourself against the annoying pendulums, but you are actually feeding them with your energy and they stick to you even more. Second, you don't have the right to condemn or change anything in this world. You have to accept everything like you would accept an artwork at an art exhibition. No matter whether you like it or not, there may be pictures at the exhibition that may not seem all that appealing to you. You don't like the art, simply put. But it would never occur to you to demand that they would take down the art that you don't like. You just walk right past it. You don't focus on it. You don't look at it. You do understand that even though you don't like the art, it has a right to exist. Now, once you can recognize the right of the pendulum to exist. You also have the right to leave it alone, to resist falling its, under its influence. This is quite the opposite in engaging in a fight against this pendulum. Now, the main thing is to avoid getting into a fight with it. Don't blame it. Don't get angry with it. Don't lose your temper, because all this would mean is your participation in the pendulum's game. Do the exact opposite. Quietly accept the pendulum as something given, as an unavoidable evil, and then leave. If you show any aversion, you will be giving your energy to this pendulum. 
Before exploring what I mean to choose, we have to learn how to say no. People in general have a vague idea of what they want, but everyone knows for sure what they don't want. Striving to free themselves from undesirable things or events, undesirable circumstances, many act in such a way that they get the exact opposite of what they want. In order to say no, it is necessary to accept. The word accept in this context doesn't mean that you should embrace it and make it a part of yourself. Rather, it means that you should admit to yourself that everyone has the right to exist and then pass it by indifferently, just like an ugly piece of art at an art exhibit pass it by indifferently. To accept and to let go means to let things pass through you and wave goodbye to them as they leave. The opposite would be to accept things and to keep them close by and then become attached to them and then try to resist them. Understand the difference in acceptance. Accepting And letting go means to let things pass through you and wave goodbye to them as they leave. If you are being pestered by thoughts about things that you dislike, those very things will find their way into your life. Imagine that somebody doesn't like apples. He just hates apples. Apples make him sick. This person could just ignore them. But he can't come to terms with the thought that they're such a disgusting thing. How can there be such a disgusting thing as apples in this world? They irritate him every time he lays eyes on them. He actively talks about this aversion. This is what happens on the material plane. However, on the energy plane, this man is greedily pouncing on the apples, stuffing his mouth with them, chewing noisily, and trying to scream how much he hates them. He's stuffing his pockets full of apples. He's choking on apples. Again, he starts complaining about how sick he is of apples. It doesn't occur to the man that he can simply throw the apples out of his life if he doesn't want them. Whether you love or hate something has no meaning. The main thing is, if your thoughts are preoccupied with the object of your feelings, the energy of your thoughts will fix on a certain frequency and you will thus be captured by a pendulum and transported to the corresponding timeline where the love or hated object exists in abundance. There will be nothing but apples. If you don't want to have a certain thing in your life, then stop thinking about it. Pass this particular thing by indifferently, and it will disappear from your life. It's okay that apples exist. You hate them, but it's okay that they exist. Accept them and say goodbye to apples. To throw something out of your life doesn't mean that you should avoid it. Just ignore it. To avoid something means to give it passage into your life, but at the same time actively trying to free yourself from it. Now, to ignore something means you don't react to it in any way at all. In no way do you react. Consequently, you will not have it in your life. Imagine that you are a radio receiver. Every day you wake up and listen to a station that you really hate. That is the world around you. 
So just tune yourself into a different frequency then. It can appear that placing an iron curtain between you and the world would protect you from undesirable pendulums, but this is nothing but illusion. When you are inside of this iron shell, you are telling yourself, I am a blank wall. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. I don't know anything. I don't speak to anyone. There's no access to me. In order to maintain such a protective field, it's necessary to spend energy. And quite a lot of it, actually. A person that intentionally tries to shut himself off from the world is constantly on edge. Besides everything else, the energy of a protective field is tuned into the frequency of that pendulum against which your protection was built in the first place. This is exactly what the pendulum wants. It doesn't care at all whether you give him your energy with pleasure or with anger as long as you give it to the pendulum. What could then serve as protection against a pendulum? Emptiness. If I am empty, no pendulum will be able to catch on to me. I'm not joining the pendulum's game. But I'm not trying to defend myself against the pendulum either. I simply ignore it. The energy of the pendulum flies past me. Without touching me, it disappears into space, swinging back and forth. Without touching me. The pendulum's game doesn't bother me because I have accepted it. It doesn't affect me because I have said goodbye to it. In relation to the pendulum, I'm empty. The pendulum's main objective is to attract as many adherents as possible to get their energy, and if you ignore a pendulum, it will leave you alone. It'll switch over to other people. This is because the pendulum can only affect someone that accepts its game. In other words, someone who starts radiating thought energy on the same frequency of the pendulum. Let's take the most basic example. A barking dog is chasing you, or a tiger. Let's say, if you turn around to face it, the dog will bark even louder. If you will take the dog seriously and start to wrangle with it, the dog will continue running after you for quite a while. After all, it is the dog's aim to find someone to fight with. But if you simply ignore the dog, it will look for someone else. And do notice that it will never occur to the dog to feel insulted because you wouldn't pay attention to it or run from it or fight it. The dog is so absorbed with its goal of getting energy from a fight that it can't possibly think about something else. Now, you can substitute a dog with a troublemaker, and then, given the model, it would work the same way. If someone is annoying you, try the model of a destructive pendulum on him. He'll probably be a perfect match. If you cannot quiet the troublemaker, then simply refrain from reacting to his provocations. Ignore him. He won't leave you alone until you stop giving him your energy. Everyone can understand this from looking back to middle school or elementary school. You can give the energy directly to them by getting into a fight with them 
You can give the energy to them inadvertently or indirectly by silently hating him. Stop giving away your energy. To stop giving away your energy means to stop thinking about it at all. Just throw that troublemaker out of your head, evict them from your head space. Just tell yourself, I'll never mind them. And they'll be gone from your life. However, it is often the case that you simply can't ignore the pendulum. For example, the boss calls you on the carpet. Simply refusing or trying to defend yourself would in both cases mean loss of energy. Because in both situations you would be fighting the pendulum. In a case like this, you can act as if you are taking part of the pendulum's game. Acting as if. The main thing is to keep in mind that you're just pretending to play the pendulum's game. Imagine a burly fella raising his sledgehammer at you and striking a blow. You have nothing against it. You're not defending yourself and you're not attacking him. In this moment, what you can do is simply step aside and the big fella, along with his sledgehammer, will hit an empty spot. What this means is that the pendulum can't catch on to you. And so it falls through empty space. The same principles lie at the heart of Aikido. It's a type of martial arts. The following is what literally happens in Aikido. The attacker is taken by the arm and brought along with the defender. As if the defender is casually seeing him off. And then the attacker is released without any force from the defender and sent flying in the same direction which he was aiming in the first place. The whole secret is that the defender has nothing against the attack. He agrees with the attacker's way, walks together with him for a moment, and then lets go of him. The energy of the attacker falls through into empty space because the defender is empty. There's nothing to catch on to. So what is the technique behind this soft approach? Basically, you respond to the pendulum's first attack with an agreement, and then you diplomatically step aside or unobtrusively direct the pendulum's movement to where you want it. Let's use an example. Your eager boss wants to load you with work and demands all excited that you do it exactly the way he wants it to be done. You know that it needs to be done differently. Or you even believe that this task is not your responsibility in the first place. If you will start objecting and arguing and defending yourself, your boss will, in the strictest way, ask for you for your obedience. After all, he has made a decision and you're defying him. Do the exact opposite. Listen carefully to what your boss is saying. Agree with everything he says. Let the pendulum exhaust its first impulse. Then gently start discussing the details of the job with him. At this moment, you have accepted the energy of your boss. You radiate at his frequency. His impulse has not met any opposition, and he will therefore subside for the time being. Don't tell him that you know better and you know more how the job should be done. And don't say no to the job and, ar and don't argue with him. Just ask for his advice. Ask him, how could you do the job faster or better? Or maybe another employee could do it even better. By doing this, you're swinging along with the pendulum. But 
you're doing it consciously. You're not participating in its game. You're just observing it from the outside. The pendulum swings completely absorbed with a game. And it is the pendulum's game. The pendulum is making the decisions. People agree with it and consult with it for advice. You'll see that the energy previously directed at you will be turned away from you towards another solution, towards somebody else, somebody who will do the job. Hence, for you personally, the pendulum will fall through into empty space. Extinguishing a pendulum. There can be situations where you cannot make the pendulum fall through. That is, you simply can't ignore it or escape it. I had a friend once that was this really nice and good-hearted guy. But he was also gifted with incredible physical strength. We were going on a tram one night, and there was this group of bullies looking for trouble. A real destructive pendulum. There were quite a few of them, all as one, feeding each other with negative energy, and all convinced that they are above the law. In order for their energy to multiply, they would constantly need to bother other people that would react to their provocations and thus give them their energy. So this angry-looking bunch started bothering my friend, probably because the kind and peaceful expression on his face suggested he wouldn't be too much trouble. They tried in every way to pick a fight with him. They insulted him. They taunted him. He just stayed silent and he didn't react to any of the provocations. In other words, he tried to make the pendulum fall through. Neither did I interfere because I knew that he had nothing to fear. But the bullies were really out on a limb. And finally, my friend couldn't stand it any longer. So he got up. He headed for the exit. But the most impudent adherent blocked his way. And then my friend, who by now was cornered, grabbed the guy by the scruff of the neck and delivered a hideous blow to the head. The victim's face was instantly smushed. The remaining heroes were dumbfounded with amazement, but also with fear. My friend turned and grabbed the next one, but that one started mumbling with a trembling voice, that's enough, man, that's enough. The energy of the pendulum was instantly extinguished and its adherents were taken aback in shock. They slowly moved backwards and finally they tumbled out of the tram. Of course, luckier are those that can stand up for themselves like my friend could. But what if you're not one of them? What then? If you have nowhere to run, then you can stop the pendulum by doing something out of the ordinary. Something that no one would expect from you. Somebody told me of a case like that. It was a pack of fearless street gang members. They cornered a fella and they were about to beat him up but then he approached the leader of the gang and stared at him with an insane look in his eyes and he said so what should i break your nose or your jaw a question like that was clearly out of context it didn't fit the script and the gang leader was for a moment taken aback then the fellow cried out with unhealthy enthusiasm or maybe i'll just tear tear your ear off 
He grabbed him by the ear with his hand. The leader of the gang gave out an ag agonizing cry, and the entire show that the gang was so used to putting on was now ruined. The gang leader was not even thinking about beating somebody up. Only one thought was tormenting him how to free his ear from the grip of this madman. The gang leader let the guy go as they thought him to be a nutcase, and the guy in return escaped the bloodshed. Now, these stories from Vadim Zeeland's life are particular to a certain uh, era, certain lifestyle. Um, it could be something that nobody will ever encounter, like a gang of angry guys. Maybe because we're not out in certain parts of ta the town, maybe because we're not out at night. It is the basic idea of how to approach a situation of a negative or destructive pendulum, acting out of the ordinary. So if you ever find yourself in any situation where you know the usual course of events, uh, how it usually goes, then do something surprising, no matter what. Do something that doesn't fit into the standard script or the standard development of events. And then the pendulum will be extinguished. The thing is that as long as you are acting according to the given scenario, you accept the pendulum's game and you give away your energy on that frequency. But if your frequency is so off, is so very different from that pendulum, you and the pendulum will be in dissonance. And that's how you throw it off its rhythm. The rhythm of swinging back and forth is thrown off. And at the same time, you shouldn't be asking for trouble. If you're dealing with a pendulum that has nothing to lose, don't ask for trouble. If you're attacked by a person that is trying to rob you or hurt you, it's just better to give them the money right away. Some people even carry a $10 bill so that for purposes just like this. For example, if you're rubbed by a drug addict and he's mentally ill, he could easily end your life, even if you're a master of the martial arts. So it's much better to not deal with people like that at all. Or just like you wouldn't deal with a rabid dog. Otherwise, your death would be unwarranted and absurd. Now, another way is to have a sense of humor and creative imagination. That can be very helpful in extinguishing a destructive pendulum. Having a sense of humor instantly diffuses the power of a destructive pendulum. In moments where it's hard to control yourself, where you're mad with rage, for example, the hardest thing of all is to remember that this is only a pendulum that's trying to draw energy from you. But don't give in to its provocations. Pendulums are like vampires. They use their own form of anesthesia. And that is your habit of reacting negatively to a nuisance. Even now, after you've heard all of these instructions, you could, in just a few minutes, get distracted. You might answer an unwanted phone call and react with an irritated voice. It's habit. It's instant. But if you make it your aim to acquire a new habit, a habit of remembering about the pendulum, soon enough you will develop immunity against provocations. Notice that when you come across annoying situations and you react to them with irritation, dissatisfaction, or any other negative emotion, the negative situation that provoked these emotions 
will instantly get worse and you're in for more trouble. This is how the pendulum swings higher and higher and you are the one pushing it. So do the exact opposite. Either don't react at all or react in an inappropriate or surprising way. For example, you can meet annoyances with false enthusiasm or even moronic delight. This is how you extinguish a pendulum. You will see that the pendulum will not continue its provocations. As you remember, the habit of negative reacting to annoying situation is the lever that sets the pendulum's capture mechanism in motion so that the pendulum can get to your thought energy. Such a habit will fade away. It will fade away if you play your own game in which you deliberately make the following substitutions. You can substitute for fear, you substitute confidence. For gloom, substitute confidence. For resentment, substitute indifference. For irritation, substitute joy. At least try to react inappropriately or surprisingly to small nuisances. What do you have to lose? It might be a ridiculous thing to do, but if you play the game this way, the pendulum will not stand a chance. This gaming style seems ridiculous only because the pendulums have trained us to play the games that are of benefit only to them. Now, try forcing the pendulum to play your game. You will enjoy the game and you will discover to your great surprise what a powerful technique this is. The working principle is this, radiating your thought energy at a frequency that is different from the resonance frequency. You get in dissonance with a pendulum. Thus, for you personally, the pendulum is extinguished and therefore it leaves you in peace. There's another interesting method of gently extinguishing the pendulum. If someone is bothering you or making a problem for you, try to determine what that person needs. Now imagine this person having what he needs. This could be health. It could be confidence. It could be peace of mind. If you think about it, these are the three main things that all people need in order to feel satisfaction. Health, confidence, peace of mind. So think about it. What does this person really need right now? Suppose that your boss shouted at you. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's having problems at home. What he needs is some peace of mind. Imagine him relaxing in an armchair in front of the TV or by a fireplace or fishing with a rod on the river or maybe having a beer with his friends. Do you know what he likes to do? Maybe his bosses have been pushing him and pressing him and he's afraid of taking on more responsibility. In that case, he needs confidence. Imagine him skiing like a pro or uh, driving around in his sports car or being at a party where he is the center of attention. Maybe he is sick. Maybe he's in pain. Imagine that he's happy, healthy. 
that is swimming in the ocean or riding a bicycle, playing soccer. Of course, it is better to imagine him doing what he likes to do, but you don't have to guess or don't worry. It's quite enough to imagine that this person is in any situation where he is satisfied. So you don't have to know intimately exactly what your boss loves to do. So what is actually happening here? Your boss suddenly appears on the scene and he has only problems in store for you. Instead of your boss, of course, it could be any specific person and it could be any situation that they present for you. It doesn't have to be your boss. Now, distract yourself from whatever the problem is that is being brought to you. And from the very beginning here, you refrain from putting your head into the frequency that is, you refrain from putting your head into the news. Now, imagine that this person, this specific person, is getting exactly what they need. What does this person want or need? Imagine that this person is getting satisfaction. If you are successful, you can consider your troubles gone. After all, the pendulum didn't simply begin to swing on its own. Something got it out of balance. The pendulum is, consciously or unconsciously, looking for something that will restore its balance. And suddenly, the energy of your thoughts on a certain frequency restores, although indirectly, the pendulum's balance. It will instantly substitute its aggression with goodwill. What? You find it hard to believe? Go on and test it. Try it for yourself. So basically, what happens when you apply this technique is that you extinguish the pendulum altogether. A pendulum man approaches you with a problem and you solve the problem, not in an obvious way, but in an energetic way, in your imagination. You gave the pendulum your energy, but only a tiny piece of it in comparison to what you would have lost otherwise. In addition, you have done a good deed. You have helped someone in need, if only temporarily. The interesting thing is that this person will later have a different, friendlier attitude toward you. They'll never be able to guess why they are feeling so comfortable around you. Let this be your own little secret. This technique can be successfully used in all situations where you need to get something from somebody. That particular person, that specific person is busy with their own problems and they're not really keen on giving you whatever it is that you want. Do you need a signature from the local official? First, you feed them a little bit of your nice imagination and then he'll do anything for you. Just one last thing here. Where do you think that the energy goes of a dampened or extinguished pendulum? Well, it is actually transported back to you. Having overcome your problem, you get stronger. So the next time something like this happens with a specific person, it will be very easy for you to find the right solution to your problem. Isn't that the case? But if you try to fight the problem, you're giving all your energy to the pendulum that created the problem in the first place. 
this technique of making a pendulum through or the technique of extinguishing a pendulum altogether are also well known by psychologists and psychiatrists as professional methods. So really these methods are nothing new at all. However, to someone who's not acquainted with these methods, these techniques would be so valuable as they bring clarity and understanding and a sense of empowerment. Now, let's create simple solutions to complicated problems. If you were able to extinguish a pendulum and make it fall through, you would as well be able to solve all kinds of possible problems. This problem could be a complicated life situation. It could be a conflict. It could be an unfavorable circumstance. It could be a difficulty or it could be a very simple task. There are simple solutions to all problems, even complicated problems. The key to solving your problems is always somewhere on the surface. The only question is how to spot it. The pendulum that has created the problem for you will get in the way of you seeing the key to solving the problem. Remember, the goal of a destructive pendulum is to get energy from you. In order to accomplish this, it has to fix the frequency of your radiating thoughts onto the problem. This is so easy to do if you are convinced that the problem is difficult. But if you accept these rules of the game, the pendulum will easily take you by the hand and lead you into an intricate labyrinth and you don't want that. It will only be later that you realize that the answer was right there in front of you the whole time. If you scare a person, if you worry him, if you confuse him, or if you play on his fears, saying how difficult the problem is, then he will easily agree to things being so complicated. He'll be hooked. But you don't really have to scare people to achieve the same effect. Public opinion is already such that many problems are considered to be too difficult in nature. And so they lack simple solutions. Throughout life, everyone is constantly confronted with difficulties of some kind, especially when it's something new or something unfamiliar. The result is that everyone has a strongly rooted habit of facing problems with anxiety and sometimes with reverential fear. In addition, one always weighs his abilities to handle a problem on the scales of doubt. Consequently, the tendency to face problems with fear is transformed into a puppet string. The pendulum can act either through its adherence, namely people associated with a particular problem, or it can act through non-living objects as well. The pendulum fixes the radiation of thought energy on a certain frequency and it's busy sucking the energy while the person is preoccupied with the problem. You would think that fixing frequency on the subject would help concentration. How could that possibly interfere with solving the problem? Well, the thing is that the pendulum fixes our thoughts on the very narrow sector of the information field, while the solution is probably way outside of this sector, or as Neville Goddard calls it, this state of mind. 
The problem exists in a small little state of mind, but the solution is simply outside of this state. The result is that the person is thinking and acting within the limits of this narrow little corridor of thinking, and this doesn't actually have the possibility to see the bigger picture. Unusual and intuitive solutions appear to you precisely when you are free, when you have freed yourself from the pendulum and you get the freedom to think in another direction. The whole secret to being a genius is actually being free from the influence of pendulums. While pendulums capture ordinary people's frequencies of thoughts, the genius frequencies of thoughts can reorganize themselves independently and they may enter unexplored realms or areas of information. So how should you act in order to avoid getting in to the pendulum's capture news? Don't get absorbed with the problem or problem solving. Don't allow the pendulum to ensnare you in its games. Act as you normally would in such situations, but not as a participant of the game. Act as an external observer. Try looking at the situation as if it didn't concern you at all or as if you're looking at a movie screen. Remember that the pendulums want to take you by the hand and lead you into a labyrinth. Don't let the problem scare you or grab hold of you. Don't let them worry you or confuse you. Just remember that there is a very simple solution to any problem. The solution always exists. Don't accept the interpretation of it being difficult either. This is imposed on you by the pendulums. It isn't the truth. It is not difficult. There are no difficult problems. All problems are have an equally easy solution. So if you have been confronted with a problem or a tricky situation, catch yourself on your attitude towards it. The problem could give rise to confusion, could give rise to fear, or resentment, or despair, or jealousy, or anger, and so on. But you need to change your usual attitude toward the problem to the exact opposite. And then the problem would either disappear all by itself, or you will quickly find a very simple solution to it. It was there all along. In spite of your stereotypes and habits, see any problems, not as an obstacle that you have to overcome, to see it as part of the road that you have to walk on, a stepping stone. Do not leave any space in yourself for the problem. Be empty of the problem. If you have to solve a problem that requires a certain amount of thinking, don't run, rush into logical reasoning right away. You see, your subconscious is directly linked to the field of information. The solution to any possible problem is already there. It already exists. You don't have to solve it. You just have to stumble upon it. Therefore, you should first relax, then cast away fear and anxiety because you do know that the solution is out there. Let go of yourself. Stop the train of thoughts and try to contemplate emptiness. It's very likely that the solution will come to you instantly. And it will probably be a very simple one. If that didn't work, don't get upset. And don't turn on your uh, anxiety. 
it will work out the next time. This exercise is very useful in developing the ability to obtain intuitive knowledge. The only important thing is to make it your habit. This method really works. If you're able to free yourself from the pendulum and rent yourself out, it works. However, it's easier said than done. You have to let go of reacting out of old habit. Let's talk about emptiness and the suspended state now. Having freed yourself from the influence of destructive pendulums now, you acquire freedom. But freedom without a goal. This is the suspended state. If you are preoccupied with making the surrounding pendulums fall through, or preoccupied with extinguishing them, you're running a risk of finding yourself in a vacuum. Previous conflicts have gone somewhere else. Concerns that have been annoying you have receded. Arguments occur more and more rarely. Anxiety and worry have disappeared. How nice. All of this happening is hardly noticeable because as if the storm is slowly quieting down, you will soon find out that there is a downside to it. If you were in the center of events before now, they seem to be happening somewhere else. To the people around you, you're no longer of the same importance as you used to be. They are paying less and less attention to you. You have fewer and fewer concerns. However, there are no desires either. The pressure from the external world weakens but it doesn't bring you any advantages. So what is happening? You have fewer problems, but no new achievements. What is going on? The thing is that the entire world of man is built on duality. Therefore, it is built on pendulums. Therefore, if a man isolates himself from them completely, he will find himself in a desert. The suspended state is not much better than being dependent on the pendulums. For example, children who have everything, they pine away because there's nothing more to want. They are suffering themselves and they pester everyone around them with their whining. You see, humankind is made in such a way that he always needs something to strive for. We have desires and we need to strive for them. Your freedom is being free from the pendulums of others. But there are pendulums that will be of use to you personally. These are your pendulums. In other words, it is necessary to recognize goals that have been forced upon you from the outside and in the pursuit of which you walk further and further away from your life's purpose, your own happiness. The task is that while being free, choose a life track or a timeline where true success and genuine happiness awaits you. Pendulums are not an absolute evil to a person. If he is aware of his actions and the situation, you can never be free from pendulums entirely. It is a world of duality. The only question is how to avoid putting yourself under the influence of pendulums and to consciously use them for your own purpose, your life purpose. 
This method offers specific tools for doing this. To free yourself from the influence of these pendulums completely is not possible, but it's not even necessary. On the contrary, it is exactly the pendulums that are, in the end, responsible for turning your dreams into reality. In summary, we have covered this. A pendulum is created by the energy of people who are thinking in the same direction. A pendulum is an energy-based information structure. A pendulum fixes thought energy of an adherent onto its own frequency. A heavy battle for adherence is going on between pendulums at all times. A destructive pendulum forces goals onto its adherents that are alien to them. A pendulum plays on your feelings, on people's feelings, attracting them into its net. If you actively do not want something, it will be in your life. To free yourself from a pendulum means to throw it out of your life. To throw something out of your life means to not avoid it, but to ignore it. To stop a pendulum, it is necessary to violate the script of the game. Positive visualization or imaginal scenes will gently extinguish a pendulum man. The energy of an extinguished pendulum is transferred back to you. Problems are solved by the fall-through of extinguishing of pendulums which create the problems in the first place. In order to solve problems, rent yourself out. To avoid a suspended or numbness state, you must find your own pendulums or your own life purpose or your own happiness. You must develop the habit of remembering all